and welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari. And MD. And today we'll be talking about stereotypes. I mean, we've talked about them before. I think that was the first episode we did um, yes. about myths about bisexuality. Um, but today we will be taking it one step further and talking about why it's actually okay to be a stereotype. Both of us work a lot with narrative therapy, and so we decided to approach this question from that angle. For people who don't know what narrative therapy is, could you break it down? Oh, narrative therapy. Um, so the idea is that we all have, um, you know, we tell we, we tell ourselves story about ourselves, about our life. We have this other narrative of our life, and the idea is to change that in a way by um, externalizing issues and then um, reauthoring um the, the 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 story of our life uh, around like this new perspective, where you're not you know the bad guy. It's kind of becoming the hero of your own journey and not you know the the bad guy of your life. Yeah, I mean I'm I look at it more from a more global approach um, because my first major was communication and a lot of a lot of what I learned centered around this idea that people's lives are composed of many different stories, that culture is stories, you know, our biographies are stories, and essentially everything we know about ourselves is a story, and most of the time it's stories that other people tell us that we are, and we kind of appropriate them and make them our own and internalize them. Yeah. And for a lot of people in minority groups, you know, these stories are being told from a position of power, and so when you internalize them, you're actually being given information by people who don't know what it's like to live your life. And mm -hmm. this, this is where internalized stigma comes from because you're appropriate, appropriate, uh, because you're appropriating um, someone else's story about how you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so stereotypes are a story about you that you didn't necessarily author. They are um, a gross generalization about a group of people um, mm. based on some very arbitrary characteristic that, you know, it may, stereotypes may or may not be true. Um, they also may be negative or positive, but in any case, you know, they are generalizing and they are narrowing a person down to the group they belong to. Yeah. And, uh, they are unfortunately the basis for a lot of discrimination and that leads to, you know, legislation, uh, medical care, all these different things. Um, yeah. But it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's maybe also interesting to, I mean, to add uh, the, the social um, psychology perspective when you, you know, it's the young in group out group thing that mm. when you see people from the group that a group you don't belong to, you don't identify with, you will tend to see the other group as more um, uniform. You don't want to see the individuals. You're going to see just broad stereotypes about them. Yeah. You're not going to see the people. Whereas when you see when you you are with people who with them who belong who belong to the same group as you do, you're going to see them. We will tend to send them more as you know, as they are people, individuals, yeah. with their individual characteristics and not the stereotypes of the groups. Um, and also, the stereotypes are most of the time encoded in, in reality. They don't come out of completely nowhere. Yeah. Um, that's why they can sometimes be good too. They're not necessarily bad. It's not a stereotype. Is not a prejudice. Is yeah, just it's very cognitive. It's something that you think about a person, a group of person, 
and can be good or bad. But the one that hurt are, of course, the, the bad ones. And I mean, adding to the concept of in-group, out-group, I think it's also important to mention um, this idea that, you know, when you look at someone who doesn't belong to your group, it's much easier for you to attribute blame to them. Uh, you know, this person becomes culpable for for their mistakes, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, when it's your fault, you're going to be like, oh, no, it's the circumstances. So that's also important to remember when we talk about, you know, minorities taking advantage of the social security system, blah, 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 because you've never been in their shoes and you're going mm -hmm. to blame them. And that's, you know, it's, I'm not going to say that it's good, but it's natural. And this is the way our brains are wired. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I, as far as I am concerned, it's an evolutionary mechanism um, mm -hmm. uh, related to, you know, surviving within the group. And so stereotypes about bi people, um, some of them are ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are very true. <laughs> Uh, and I think we've reached, at least from what I've seen online uh, over the past couple of years, we've reached this point where a lot of queer people are actually embracing the stereotypes and tend to laugh more about them. You know, the the whole uh, bi thing where uh, the attraction, if you're a bi woman, your attraction to guys is like 1% and then you're attracted to every woman on earth <laughs> or something. <laughs> You know, um, there's all sorts of memes out there. People talk about it. People try to, like, take these stories that were made up about them and make them relate relate to them and make them funny, make them something that is part of their own culture, which is mm -hmm. quite fascinating how this process happens. I mean, yeah, and it's interesting because it's what you were saying also about narrative th therapy, that yeah. you're taking all those stories and you're, you actually reauthor your own life stories by including those parts of the story that are... Um, good for you or that yeah. you can make good for you and and just excluding the rest yeah because it's not it's not what you it's not your story it's someone else story about you and that one doesn't matter and I think you know the distinction definitely should be made between reauthoring the story and resisting mm -hmm. the story yeah. um, because it's a difference you know being by I mean I think both you and I have struggled with this I don't want to be a stereotype thing when it's like, honey, <laughs> you are. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, there is something visceral that reacts to that when you start realizing that some of these stereotypes may be true about you because you don't want to be reduced to that. And yeah. so you're going to be like, no, 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 my story is absolutely different. Like, how dare you? In reality, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're a queer woman who used to play soccer, for example. I feel very cold out, but I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> well, go on. Yeah, yeah no, that um, it's actually what happened to me in my also coming out stories that I mean, have always been a, more of a tomboy and be, went to like boy, ga boy games and stuff. And I was, and I was like, yeah, okay, my gender expression. I mean, I didn't know what gender expression was back then. But I was, okay, I'm, I'm interested in what I'm interested and I like boy stuff, okay. But that doesn't mean I'm gay or queer or whatever. And mm. then look, look, I am the exception. I'm this, I'm straight. And my gender expression is not super feminine, traditionally feminine, but I'm straight. Yeah, I'm not, I'm really not. And I'm not the exception. And yes, the, the, the experience of gender nonconformity in childhood and teenage years is a common feature of, the, of a lot of queer people. Yeah. So, and it's completely okay. And yes, it's a stereotype in a way, but not necessarily a bad one. Mm. And yes, I used to play soccer. And yes, 
maybe one girl in the team was straight. And I thought I was the other one. <laughs> and it was, and it was okay. I, back then I was disturbed by that, but now I realize that also it's part of that community thing. Mm. You know, you have, it turns out we, we had this thing in common and then maybe we also stayed, uh, keep playing soccer because it was comforting to be with people mm. who looked like us, who were like us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in that in that sense, I'm I'm almost jealous of the fact that you had that. <laughs> I mean, the whole denial thing aside, it's nice to be in an environment where you um, kind of feel like closer to the people around you, um, in the sense that you don't feel like you have to necessarily conform uh, to a certain standard because everyone is like that. Yeah, I was reflecting the other day that one of the best um, vacation of my life. I mean, not the one best because I had like a lot of uh, great time, but that was a summer when we went to uh, went away with um, the girl who wasn't my girlfriend, <clears throat> and um, the, and um, and other friends, and there were there were a couple as well, and uh, and other friends, but I mean, it was a group of us, all girls, uh, mainly from that team, and and that was really nice. The student. We were using the apartment of one of them and their parents, like really, on the beach. And it was nice. It was really nice. Like mm. We stayed like a week or two and I felt, I don't even remember how long, but I felt so great. We were belonging. completely accepted. Belonging. When mm. I really don't like hanging around, like be with people. Not that many people that I wasn't that close to. I mean, some of them, yes, but one of the girls, I didn't even knew her. Mm. No, her at all. So it was it it was really weird, but it like in inside, it's still one of the best vacation of my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming back from a different stereotype, which may be a little, I don't know, less positive, uh, depending on how you look at it. Um, because in my younger years, I did experiment a lot. I did drink a lot. Mm. I did make out with straight girls, straight girls. Um, I'm still open for debate. I'm doing air quotation marks because I just realized you guys can't see me. So yeah, that was my stereotype, and I didn't even realize that it was one until I went online like years later, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, you're the bi person who experiments, who can't make up their mind, just goes uh, through uh, people every night and drinks alcohol and stuff." So that was my stereotype, but I don't necessarily consider it bad. I mean, it was probably bad for my liver. Um, <laughs> um, your your brain seems to be okay. My brain seems to be functioning eh, relatively well. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just interesting to reflect back on that and realize that not only is it a stereotype that is damaging to a lot of bi people, but it can also be owned. And I owned it at the time without even knowing it. And also, you know... The main thing, the main takeaway from all this is that, you know, if you're a bi person who is resisting all these stereotypes, even though, even though you, you do engage in some of these behaviors, you know, if you're a bi person who participates in threesomes or is polyamorous or does kinky stuff or... Oh, come just make up their mind between potential partners. You know what? All queer people are confused. This is just a feature of who we are. We are perpetually confused yeah. by the status quo. So you know what? Um, <laughs> and and, and that, that, that journey, because what you were also describing about yourself, it's, you know, it's all also a coming out process. You know, it is. experimentation centered. 
uh, coming out process. And it's normal. I mean, normal. It's completely natural in a society where things are not completely accepted, where or even not not at, not accepted at all, to go through that kind of thing, mm. just experiment. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the moment you start owning whatever story is being told about you, that is when that story stops being damaging. You know, mm. yeah. As soon as you recognize who you are in this narrative and and what narrative applies to you mm-hmm. you won't be taking offense and you won't be feeling as uncomfortable when you are like on a dating app and then someone offers you a threesome with their significant other or whatever mm-hmm. like there are certain things that of course are insulting and we have to go through daily life correcting people because they're just not educated well enough but and so yeah i mean in the end we need to educate people. We are not ob- obligated to, but I think we're in the position to do it um, mm-hmm. if, if, if it's comfortable. Um, but it's also more than that. It's more about um, really trying to figure out who we are independent of what society tells us we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to draw on these narratives. It's okay to stumble through these narratives to find your own. But, you know, in the end, you, you need to author your own story. And, it, and it's okay to embrace some of the stereotypes, at least as part of an identity building process. Yeah. You know, um, it's to over, overdo a little bit things, you know, be just be a little bit of a caricature of yourself for a while while you're still trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. And then you can just, you know, find balance. Yeah, it's it's part of the process as well, and and it's completely okay. It's just be yeah aware that in the end you're the one telling your story. Yeah. So I mean, if you feel like learning about who you are is rooted in uh, you know promiscuous behavior, for example, do it responsibly, but knock yourself out. And if you want to play soccer, go ahead. If you want to do something else. <laughs> And do it because that's the only way you're going to find out whether the story fits you or it doesn't. And if you're a bisexual person who just realizes pretty late, uh, pretty late, I mean, later on in life, that you're bi, it's completely okay. Because it's a stereotype, but it's a stereotype for a reason, because it's pretty difficult to figure out uh, your sexual orientation when you're not monosexual. And things can also fluctuate in life. Also, depending, you find a partner, you're very in love with them, so you don't question your sexuality for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, time, time happens, and you start realizing that it might not be as simple as you thought. Yeah. It's, it's completely okay. It's just different individual patterns that make sense. When, yeah. you need, when you have to figure out the sexuality that is not that simple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's never very simple. And I think, you know, we also have it harder because these stereotypes and these stories that are being told about us, they come from both the straight and the gay uh, directions, uh, so to speak. And so, you know, you need to navigate that. We talked to, to some friends of ours and they, um, they, they told us, you know, from a gay man and lesbian woman standpoint that there are stereotypes about bi people, that they are undateable, that they are undesirable in a certain way because of their inherent promiscuity or, or you know, if, if it's a bi woman dating another woman, she's immediately going to go back to, to a guy because it's the more convenient way to go. It's hurtful. Which, which it's hurtful, but the thing is, you also know that it happens. Yeah. 
that it's easier socially. And then it's also might be part of the journey to think it's easier socially to be with a guy and then realize that it's not enough to choose a partner. Yeah. So you can have different partners, multiple partners, and that's okay too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, experimentation and really searching within yourself are the only two things, the only two tools that you can have to figure out who you are. If you need some time to figure it out, if you need decades to figure it out, that's fine. Most people go through life without even knowing who they are until the very last moment, (laughs) or maybe not at all. So... I think we are in in our world right now very very much privileged with having you know psychology as a science with having the internet where we can share stories with people who might be like us and we can we can relate to the to those stories we have representation on television which I mean again apparently not not all lesbians are dead wow <laughs> you know or unhappy yeah dead unhappy lesbians that's a thing of the past ish kind of sort of um it's, it's changing it's changing the world is changing and there is no reason for you to be ashamed of being who you are whether it's being a stereotype or not yeah. you are who you are and you gotta own it and yeah, but I can I can tell you like we have a lot more resources now than we had when I was a teen or uh, like pretending that I was straight and playing soccer. Um, but also, I just you know there's something that I I realized the thing we're doing we're both doing using both our or uh, to go answer for most of the thing. I think it's a very good example of how you can appropriate, reappropriate a stereotype in a good way. Mm. Because, yes, bisexual people can't make their mind and they're greedy and they always want everything. So, yes, the answer is always both. The answer is always both. And, and it's, uh, you know what? Yeah. There is nothing wrong with being a greedy bisexual um, yeah. because you have to take from life what it gives you. And if you want to take more, take more. I'm yeah, just saying. Life gives you more, yeah. If life gives you lemons, what? make lemonade. If life gives you more, take more. As far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, and if you have lemons and orange, you can both lemonade and orange juice. It's okay. That's a very interesting metaphor for bisexuality. I'm going to remember that. Lemons and oranges and anything in between. Yeah. We can add apples to the mix too if you want, but... I don't know what David is telling us about all, about us, ourselves, that metaphor. But Our yeah. love for citrus fruit, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, to our dear listeners, we'd like to ask you whether there are some stereotypes about your community that you have found to be true um, and how you dealt with it. You know, uh, just send us a message on Twitter because we'd love to hear about it. And yeah, have a good week. Take care of yourself and remember to own who you are. Bye.